I'm Dennis Calloway, Grant Manager with the Center for Safe and Secure Schools, a division of the Harris County Department of Education, and welcome to our Take Care Tuesday podcast series, the series that provides you with relevant information that affects our everyday lives. The Bureau of Justice Assistance Stop School Violence Grant is a three-year grant whose purpose is to provide six training sessions for teachers, school campus personnel, school officials, and students. It is designed to, one, create a more positive school culture and climate, two, prevent student violence, and three, respond to related mental health crises that may precipitate violent attacks on school grounds. The actual trainings consist of threat assessment, active shooter, restorative practices, youth mental health first aid, and anti-bullying. Joining me today is Dr. Scott Poland. Dr. Poland is a professor at the College of Psychology and is the co-director of the Suicide and Violence Prevention Office at Nova Southeastern University, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Dr. Poland is a licensed psychologist, internationally recognized as an expert on youth suicide, self-injury, school violence, school safety, threat assessment, and school crisis. He has authored many books and articles on these subjects and co-authored the Suicide Safer Schools Plan for the state of Texas. Our topic today covers proactive strategies in dealing with social unrest. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Scott Poland. How are you doing today, Dr. Poland? Good, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Great. I'm, I'm very glad that you could be here with us today. Um, so, Dr. Poland, it's clear that the coronavirus pandemic has affected all of us in varying degrees of severity. Some have been hit harder than others, and our students are feeling the brunt of it, not to mention the increasing level of social unrest. In looking at the physical and emotional issues happening right now, what are some proactive strategies in dealing with this heightened social unrest? Well, those are great questions, Dennis. And it, you know, it's, it's really difficult times. And, and if we take the social unrest, I actually have a favorite quote from Gandhi. It says something, uh, our challenge is to find both the beauty and the unity in diversity. And it's a really challenging time. And I'm a big believer that adults need to be involved in kids' lives. And adults need to be modeling the right things, whether we're talking about respect for everybody, regardless of race and ethnicity, or whether we're talking about coping with the virus. Um, Emerson actually said, what we do speaks so loudly to our children that when we try to talk to them, they cannot hear us. So I'm a big believer in adults staying involved in kids' lives and modeling the right thing. I think you know that I've done a number of webinars about the virus and all the understandable fear and anxiety everybody has. And I came up with the little motto of calm C-A-L-M. First of all, 
let's think about what we can control, which is our reaction to the virus, what we do, and what our family does. And the importance of being calm and modeling optimism and hope for our children. And right now, schools are in the midst of really something unprecedented, trying to plan when and how to reopen school as a result of the virus. And I would add another C there, which would be collaborate and seek out input from older students, parents, and all staff. I actually just got off the phone with the school psychologist in New Jersey and was emphasizing his school needs to form a task force. And the principal could be having a Zoom meeting right now and welcoming the input from staff, students, and older parents. Then in my calm acronym, the A stands for availability, meaning I'm hoping the adults are truly available to talk to their children. And as adults, sometimes, to be honest, we talk too much. We should really be listening and asking simply, what do you know about the virus? What are you worried about? So parents being available to their kids and school principals and superintendents being available to get input from all stakeholders with this really challenging planning. And the L stands for listening, which I already mentioned, but I think it also has to stand for limiting television viewing, especially for small children. I imagine you remember that at least the early television coverage was quite horrific. And even the recent coverage, I find when I start watching the news and they tell me numbers of people with the virus are up in 30 states, ICUs are filling up, it's hard to maintain a calm atmosphere. And the M stands for both management and modeling. And as well as management in our homes is really important. We need to have family meetings where kids and parents are talking about things. I like to say McDonald's doesn't have the full value meal. It's around the kitchen table. Free and easy conversation between kids and parents. And, and that modeling again, are all the adults modeling optimism and hope I know life's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for months. And we need to all believe we will get through this. Things will be good again, but there are still lots of things ahead. So that's the general overview of what I've been emphasizing, Dennis. Thank you, Dr. Poland. And and looking at your 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 calm motto it certainly sounds like a um the perfect strategy for us to use during this crisis um so what do you expect the long-term effects might be if these specific calm strategies are not put into place or adhered to 
Great question. Here's what we know about children after traumatic events. They tend to regress academically. They regress behaviorally. They have nightmares, worries, and sleeping problems. And it's almost like the younger the child, the more they look to the nearest adult to see how upset to be about something. And adults understandably are very upset, but I hope they're getting the assistance they need from other adults and not projecting all their fears and worries and anxieties about the world onto their children. And I think, you know, in my background, I've responded to a lot of traumatic events. Sadly, 16 school shootings, terrorism in New York, terrorism in Oklahoma City, natural disasters. And I recently received the Helping Parkland Heal Award from the city in the aftermath of the tragedy at Stoneman Douglas. But here's something I believe strongly. When a child lives in a stable home, when they are shown unconditional love every day, every way by their parents, they can overcome almost anything. But lots of children do not live in stable homes. Lots of children feel in the middle every day, every way over divorce and separation issues. And I'm divorced from our children's mother. But you know what I always thought? And it's like, she will always be their mother. She deserved my respect. She certainly deserved financial support because before they came of age. And it's like, we're in this together for raising these children. So stability in our homes is critical, but we have to acknowledge a lot of families have experienced very big financial problems. I'm concerned we may have more homeless children than ever before. We ha may have more children living in poverty than ever before. On the last figure that I saw this morning, 120,000 Americans has died as a result of the virus. What's that mean? That means a lot of kids lost a loved one, a grandparent. You know, a week ago, I would have said to you, I don't know anybody who died from the virus. And then I just got word yesterday, one of my tennis partners, I hadn't seen him for about a year, but he caught the virus and he died. We are going to have lots of mental health needs for children in our schools based on financial hardship, based on loss of loved ones. And I'd like to think that families all pulled together, they established new traditions, kids feel more connected to the family than ever before, but I'd be naive to think that's the case. Child abuse probably occurred and nobody at school knew about it, so it wasn't reported. There have been a number of kids that had a pretty miserable time during the shelter in place, and that's going to affect them for a considerable period of time.
Thank you for sharing that story, uh, Dr. Poland, and uh, and I'm sorry for your for your your personal loss. Um, and I I agree with the, the children are bearing the brunt of this uh, this this pandemic, and uh, hopefully, with the parents' support and educators' support and our leaders, that they'll be able to um, to make it through this unscathed. Again, thank you, Dr. Poland, for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to share your impactful insight. Thank you very much, Dennis. And I've always been very impressed with the Harris County Department of Education. And actually, before I moved to Florida, I used to be on your advisory board and keep up all the good work there and just getting resources and insight and training out to all of the schools in Harris County. And we come to the end of another episode of Take Care Tuesday. Find more Take Care Tuesday podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at CSSS underscore HCDE, Facebook HCDE, Center for Safe and Secure Schools, or find us online at www.hcde-texas.org by clicking on Education Services and then Safe and Secure Schools. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay safe, stay secure, and take care.